the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Oh, wait, let me get up a minute. One second. Yeah, like, uh, I listen to Nicole Sandler. Is it time for the Nicole Sandler show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to turn the computer oh, come on. on. Man. Let me just walk over here and I'll boot up my computer. Oh, come on, man. I don't want- oh, come on, please. Never mind, it's okay, I got another one. Got a little tune here, a little song to sing for you. That Nicole, she does something. She's really there and does things. <laughs> the Nicole Sandler show. Whatever. Yeah. It is one of those days. All right. So what do we do on a day like this? We say, hit it, Lauren Mayer. Preinflation is the reason why some prices are still rather high. Right wingers all blame Uncle Joe, but corporate greed is the culprit now we know. Study shows what's happening. Big companies are profiting. Time to reframe outdated views. Darlings, you gotta stop listening to Fox News. The lies, not lies, the fraud. Our price gouging out. We have a great economy. Let's quit believing crap from the GOP. Stockholders are so out of touch. And CEOs get paid too much. Such evidence can't be dismissed. Darling, we know the truth and we are pissed. High price. Not nice. Big bucks. But schmucks. Ignore the schmoes. The vault isn't Joe's. Reflation is the cause. We don't turn the video off just yet. It's going here with a very quick reminder that if you enjoy these weekly videos, I hope you consider supporting through my Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, which is less than half the cost of a latte, you'll get bonus content as well as the satisfaction that you're helping me continue to put these videos out, helping everybody laugh at the news. And these days, don't we all need more laughter? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Lauren Mayer. Uh... <laughs> Whoever thought we'd start the day today with a parody of the Green Acres theme song and uh, the bonus impersonation of Ava Gabor. Yes, and, and bonus points to me for knowing it was Ava Gabor and not Zsa Zsa. <laughs> I know, we're old. What can I tell you? It is what it is. It is a Wednesday. Um, and the chat room, my God, you got Pat Bertram, Mr. Haney. You guys got it all. It's funny how the, you know, and, and there are kids out there that you could say Green Acres to, and they're like, what? Huh? Um, yeah. So anyway, speaking of old TV, I, I don't, you know, non sequitur here, but it's going to be one of those days. Um, we've been watching... The Sopranos again, because, you know, it was just the the anniversary of, I guess, the last episode or something. And now Max, 
Again, off topic, but what company takes a brand that has been branded well for, you know, a few decades like HBO and changes it to Max? No confusion there. It's not like there was a Cinemax or a, a other Max. Stupid. But anyway, they are now streaming The Sopranos. Uh, and we've been watching it from day one. And wow, what a great diversion from from the not many great shows on TV right now that we can find. Anyway, anyway, see, I, I digress. Now, um, the reason that now Lauren put out that song on Friday, she does one of these every virtually every Friday. Um, she she puts out a new song parody. But on Fridays, I don't have time for them because we have Marcy Wheeler on Fridays and we generally take up every second of the hour and then some. So uh, we, we forego the song parodies on Fridays. But um, uh, so I, I told you this week, there was just like a, a, a plethora of great uh, parody videos to share with you. And that one, so that one got pushed to today. But uh, that's okay. It, it was worth the wait. Um, but there is news that goes along with that today. Now I didn't know it. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Oh, I planned it that way. Although I could, and you'd never know. That's what too many of my colleagues do. They. They. You know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, today, the Fed met the Federal Open Market Committee, and they met, and the the thinking was that they were going to finally lower interest rates because the economy is good. And that's not just me saying it. In fact, if I can find, here it is, um, Jay Powell, who is the Fed chairman, who, uh, look, if you if you go back in time uh, on this show, and listen to some of my commentary as the Fed kept raising interest rates, I was convinced that Jay, short for Jerome, Jay Powell was bound and determined to create that recession that all of the pundits were saying was coming, right? Every one of them. They, they all say, oh, we're going to have a recession. It's going to be a bad one, you know, coming off the pandemic. And, you know, and, and then you hear the Trumpers with their bullshit um, blaming Biden for everything. And then, then the, it turns out the economy is, keeps getting better and better. And Trump tries to take credit for it, which is one of the funnier things he's done. What did he say? It's, it's running off the fumes of what I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bullshit. Thank you. Uh, anyway, this is Jerome Powell today speaking when we were hoping he was going to say we're going to um, lower interest rates. That's not quite what he said. So how to your first question, how to describe where we are. So I, I guess I would just say this. Executive summary would be that growth is solid mm. to strong okay. over the course of last year. Yeah. Um, the labor market, 3.7% uh, unemployment indicates that the labor market is strong. We've had just about two years now yeah. of, of unemployment under 4%. That hasn't happened in 50 years, so it's a good labor market. And we've seen inflation come down. We've talked about we that. Have. So we've got six months of good inflation yeah. data and an expectation that there's more to come. So this is, 
this is a, this is a good situation. Let's be honest. This is a this is a good economy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a good situation. Let's be honest. This is a good economy. So we're lowering the interest rates by a half a point. Oh no, never mind. Um, going to the official news copy. The Federal Open Market Committee wrapped up its rate setting meeting today leaving rates unchanged and warning that the economy is not totally out of the woods on inflation. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Um, The FOMC did not recant the signals it sent late last year, indicating that 2024 is likely to see three rounds of rate cuts. Just not yet. Uh, That had led some commentators to hope that the first cut could come as early as the Fed's March meeting. But now it appears that the Fed will wait longer to observe economic trends and postpone those cuts to later in 2024. I'm telling you, I still am not convinced that Jerome Powell is not trying to tank the Biden economy. Bidenomics, everyone. Ah, but, you know, um, despite the best efforts on the part of the Fed, on the part of the media, on the part of the Trumpers, um, it's not working because, uh, you know, they can scream and yell all they want about their shitty polls. But there's a new Quinnipiac poll out today. Uh, let me let me give you the um, the. Uh Where did, where did I write it? Oh, here it is. New Quinnipiac poll out today has Joe Biden sitting at 50% and the former guy, 44. Just saying. Just saying. Um, don't believe everything you hear the, the, you know, the, the Trumpers say. Because the Trumpers, uh, they've got a new poster uh cause I get. I, I don't understand these people. So um, they've been screaming for the last four years about the problem at the southern border. Now they're claiming the borders are wide open, that Joe Biden just opened the borders. Well, no, he didn't. And they're not open. Stop it. However, um, uh, now Joe Biden is ready to, you know, to sign a bill, is ready to give them the best border security bill that's been uh, floated in ever. <laughs> and, um, and they're saying no. You know why? Because the former guy is saying, don't give Joe Biden a win. We don't want to give Joe Biden a win. No. Instead, they decide they're going to um, have an impeachment of the uh, the the Homeland Security chair, um, which really what's his name Mayorkas or something like that. They, uh, they, why they can't tell you why? I guess for the same reason they're try they're impeaching President Biden. <laughs> I mean none of it none of it makes any sense. I want I want to see if I have because um, I pulled a whole ton of a video today and I just want to I don't think I have anything on the border. Now, um the the speaker <laughs> and it's just it's all opposite world, right? The speaker of the house, Mike 
the little Johnson, um, actually made his first floor speech today. I know that sounds uh, uh, impossible. He's been um, speaker for, well, it seems like a lifetime already, but it's at least, it's been more than a month, right? Well, today's today's January 31st. So he came in right before, uh, the right at the end of 2023, right? I don't know, all the days run together. Anyway, so today he makes his first floor speech. And what is it about? Again, I, I talk about opposite world all the time. He, it's about the, the border situation. Again, I remind you that President Biden has said, we have a deal. The deal was cut with a, in the Senate, bipartisan deal. And speak, uh, speakers, uh, senators from both parties have said, this is, this is a really good deal. Um, the, the, they're getting more than they expected. Um, they meaning the Republicans, and President Biden is ready to sign it. Uh, and he said, I just need the House to give me the authority to do it, and I will shut the border. This is what they've been screaming about. And now the House is saying it's 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 DOA, it's dead on arrival. Not, not let's talk more about it because there's a couple more things we want to get out of it. No, they're not saying, well, let's take it back to committee and see if we can improve on it. No, they're saying it's DOA. We're not going to do it. And so Mike, the little Johnson, gets up on the floor of the House to make his very first floor speech as speaker. He's been twiddling his thumbs this whole time, don't you know? And what does he uh, what subject does he scream against? Well, you'll see this clip I'm about to play. He's holding up a chart that in massive numbers says 64. And then below it in little letters, Biden actions to weaken the border. Again, preemptive strike here by me. Joe Biden is saying, give me the bill. I'll sign it. And they're going, nope. We don't want to give Joe Biden a win. So what, let the border keep whatever problems they've been screaming about for four years, let them go on when there's a fix at the ready? Take it away, uh, little Mike. Today, however, uh, I need to address the burning issue. The, the unprecedented challenge that we find ourselves in demands that we all address the issue of the day. Okay. And it is no surprise to anyone in this chamber that that issue is America's border security. Yeah, but there's a And as fix I said there. here on the night that I took my what? oath, we have a catastrophe <laughs> at our southern border. And a solution. It's because the border has been deliberately opened wide that we see the, the terrific horrors that are taking place across our country right now. Here's okay. a short list. Yeah. From Texas to New York, waves of illegal immigrants are now overwhelming what? our huh? communities. What? Just since the time I was elected speaker, less than 100 days ago, more than 700,000 illegals have been welcomed illegals? into our country What's an illegal? illegally by the Biden administration. Oh, illegals came American into the country illegally. Got have it. have been forced into virtual schools. Why? So migrants can sleep in their school buildings. Korean War veterans of the oh, U.S. Please. have been booted from nursing homes that were sold to house migrants. Yeah, our huh. streets are being flooded with fentanyl. 
hundreds <laughs> of thousands of, of children and adults yeah, are being poisoned right. and losing their mm-hmm. lives. Vulnerable children and women are being exploited and trafficked by cartels, and that's happening even within our borders. Oy. The fallout goes on and on and on. And I am here this morning to beg of my colleagues to help us force the administration to take action. We have to to, stop this now and put Americans and Americans' border security (laughs) first. Take a vote. What? uh, Am I missing something here? They had. They they cut a deal in the Senate. They came up with a great deal and 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 representatives in both the house and senate from both sides of the aisle have said i don't care who is president after november or after next january i don't care who has control of either house you're not going to get a better deal than this but donald said don't give biden a win so they're doing nothing and pretending like there's no deal Hey, Mr. I love it. Someone in the chat room said he's Meeker Johnson, the Meeker speaker. Hey, Meeker, got a little song for you. I just need you to shut the fuck up because nobody asked you, bitch. I need you to shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Just shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Bow, bow. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. You know, somebody, <laughs> you can't really do it in the Senate because the Senate, you know, the, the decorum. But in the House, can you imagine if, if like, any time he opened his mouth, someone would just push a button and that would start playing. I'll gladly send it to anybody there in the house who would do that. Oh, just once. Okay. I know. All right. So, um, this morning, Jackson gets me up at five 30 as he tends to do. doesn't matter what time I go to sleep. Five 30 Jackson's like, okay, time to start the day. He's still on Florida time, I guess. Anyway, so I get up and uh, we go feed him, make my coffee, take him for the walk because we walk all the way around the park every morning, come and sit down. And the nice thing is because it's, you know, two hours right now, two hours earlier here than it is East Coast. um, By the time I'm like ready to sit down and get to work, uh, the East Coast is already open for business. So today... There were hearings on Capitol Hill. Yeah, the biggie was um, all the the CEOs of the big uh, uh, social media companies were uh, there to testify before the Senate. I'm not sure which Senate committee it was. Maybe Judiciary? I, I think it was Judiciary. Uh, Dick Durbin's the chair. Yeah, and uh, Miss Lindsay is the, you know, the ranking Republican on the committee and there were some fireworks let me tell you and you know fireworks aren't always beautiful sometimes they are but not always so uh lindsey graham i i i know i heard dick durbin at the beginning but i honestly don't remember anything he said but you know miss lindsey i gotta tell you i i can't wait to hear um when the when the January sixth case finally comes to trial, uh, what 
Lindsey Graham is going to say, because according to this new book from Michael Isikoff that was just released yesterday, Lindsey, quote, threw Donald Trump under the bus. And apparently, after he finished testifying to the the, uh, grand jury, he hugged uh, Jack Smith. Or, or maybe it was, yeah, or, no, it was Jack Smith, I think, as if I remember correctly. Again, short-term loss of, or long-term loss of short-term memory or something. But Lindsay, apparently, you know, the guy we saw on the floor uh, on the night of January 6th, there was actually early morning, the January 7th, when they came back and he was a little tipsy because we know Lindsay likes to raise a glass every now and then. And he's like, I'm done. I had it. I was with him, but I just can't anymore. And I'm telling you, I, I shed a few tears thinking, finally, it's the end of the nightmare. Until, uh, I guess, Donald showed Lindsay the pictures he has of him or something, because Lindsay then went and kept sucking the mushroom. So, I don't know, but apparently, uh, according to this new book by Michael Isikoff, he uh, threw Trump under the bus. So hopefully that gets to trial soon. Anyway, uh, Lindsey was in fine form this morning and he um, he just he had no patience for Mark Zuckerberg. Now, I, I think. Look, I'm not a Facebook fan, but I am on it. I'm also on threads. You know, it's the whole meta thing, which uh, the metaverse, I think the metaverse died, didn't it? There was supposed to be a metaverse and it, it, it disappeared. We don't talk about it anymore. Anyway, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was there along with the woman who's uh, Elmo's sidekick over at Shitter. Uh, the founder of Snapchat, the fa- uh, the CEO of TikTok, oh, and the founder and CEO of Discord. So it was a kind of a motley crew up there on the stage. But in in Lindsey Graham's opening statement, he he set his sights on Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us. I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. Ooh. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. Yeah. When we had cigarettes killing people, we did some about it, maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns? We have the ATF. Nothing here. What? There's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. You can't be sued. Now, well, that's Senator true. Blumenthal and Blackburn, who've been like the dynamic duo here, have found emails from your company where they warned you about this stuff. Uh-oh. And you decided not to hire 45 people that could do a better job of policing this. What? So the bottom line is you can't be sued. You should be. And these emails would be great for punitive damages. But the courtroom's closed to every American abused by all the companies in front of me. Of all the people in America we could give blanket liability protection to, this would be the last group I would pick. Well, that's one of the last for me. It is now time. The people applauding, I'll tell you about them in a second. Yeah, well, it probably is. So that's a clip. What they're talking about is Section 230 is basically the part of the law that says you can't hold these social media 
I hate to call them companies, conglomerates, uh, behemoths, uh, accountable for what their customers, their users post on their platforms. Probably not a good idea. Um, and I hate to say it, but did, did Hell Freeze over yet? I kind of agree with Lindsay. I really do. There are not enough protections. I'll tell you something. You know, I told you I'm on Facebook and I've got my personal page, which I recently had to set to private, even though I always since the beginning had it public because I, I, I do a radio show. Well, uh, you know, online radio show these days. Um, and, and everything I post, uh, you know, uh, you know me, I say what I think and I uh, don't hold anything back and I, I don't keep anything secret. It's not like I have a private persona and a public persona. That's what the people on Fox do that. They don't necessarily believe what they say. One of the reasons why I'm broke is because I say what I believe. <laughs> I, I could have years ago taken a job at a right-wing radio station. I had the offer. Um, uh, I, I was working in Fort Lauderdale at WFTL which sort of doesn't exist under the same ownership anymore. Uh, but they were a right-wing station. I was like the token liberal. They had me on for the, the week before the 2008 presidential election as the token liberal. And then the, the general manager, or maybe it was the owner of the, it was the, owner of the station, uh, a guy named uh, Bill Crystal. And he said to me, uh, I think his name was Bill Chris. It's, it's a long time ago. Again, that's the long-term loss of short-term memory thing. Whatever, the owner of James Crystal Radio Station. I think James and Crystal were his kids' names, so d don't quote me on his name. But he was the owner of the station, and he said to me, I think you're great. You're really talented. But your politics are nuts. I can't put you on the air talking this stuff. If you come over and, you know, become one of us, I'll give you a job. And there are so many broadcasters who did that. I can't. You can tell if I'm lying. You can tell if I'm not comfortable saying something. I, 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 I have a lot of um, giveaways. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, Spocko made a good point just now in the chat room. He said, what social media companies don't tell you is that they choose profit over their own terms of service. Well, of course they do. And they let you, I, I, I just got to give you, so my, my personal Facebook page is set to private, but if you're a friend, a Facebook friend, you can see it. Um, if I, if you're a listener and you know, you want to be a Facebook friend, you can send me a friend request if it'll allow you. I've got like 3000 friend requests that have been built up over the years. There's no way to just wipe them out. But anyway, so I did that, but I still have the show Facebook page, the Nicole Sandler show uh, Facebook page that's public. And I get these messages sent to that page, sometimes on the order of three or four or five a day from some randos on Facebook telling me that I'm posting copyrighted material and my account is going to be disabled and deleted if I don't click on the link they send. And, and, and I know it's a scam. And so I don't click on the link, but I wonder how many people have been taken in by this. And this has been going on for months and Facebook doesn't do anything about it. 
Anyway, so that that has happened. But there's um, uh, I, I do want to share with you a couple more moments from that hearing today because it was off the rails. Um, it, it, it really was. And I did. I, I didn't. OK, the, one of my favorite ones was actually I didn't pull that many. But this one. So Tom Cotton, not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. A senator from, where's Tom Cotton from? Like Alabama or something? I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, Tom Cotton um, thinks, you know, he doesn't do his research. This is the thing I love about these Republicans, love in a hate kind of way. Um, They go into these hearings, you know, Marge Q and uh, Lauren Boebert are are some of the biggest offenders of this. They think they've seen AOC and... Uh, Dan Goldman and so many others on the left use these hearings as great uh, uh, tools to get one over on the witnesses they're questioning. Or Katie Porter with her whiteboards, you know, that they're so good at it. But they don't realize that you got to do your homework and come prepared. You can't just ramble the shit off the top of your head, which is apparently... What Tom Cotton tried to do today to the CEO of TikTok. You got to just listen to this. This is this is classic. I think they then had a lawsuit and it was overturned. I, I can't remember. the No, details. no, it, it's another it was company. Biden administration that reversed those sanctions, just like, by the way, they reversed the terrorist designation on the Houthi ter- Houthis what? in Yemen. How's that working out for them? What? But it was sanctioned as a Chinese communist military company. What? So. You said today, as you often say, that you live in Singapore. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore. Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I serve my nation in Singapore. No, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half have, years in Singapore. Do you have any other? Do you have any other passports from any other nation? No, no. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? <laughs> Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm Singaporean. Oh my Let God. me ask you some hopefully simple questions. You said earlier... Oh in response my God. to your question. All right, that's enough. Uh, what a dolt. Just what a fucking idiot. He didn't do his homework. He's like, I know. I'm going to call him a commie. You know, he's Chinese because it's TikTok. You know, he's Chinese. And I, I'm going to I'm going to call him out. And what an idiot. What an idiot. Hey, Spocko. I thought that was hilarious. It was so funny. <laughs> that was one of the one of the moments that I burst out laughing. It's like Tom Cotton. You can't just go up there and think you're going to create a viral moment that makes you look good. You need to do your homework and know the answer before you ask the question, idiot. <laughs> you know, I've I've worked with the people and and, and trained them before they have these kind of sessions, uh-huh. and I hate to do that because. You prepare all the questions that they might ask, except for the dumb ones. You think like, nobody's going to ask this. No. I mean, and maybe that's what he was planning on. I, I don't want to give him any credit no. for planning anything. No, pl- planning to make himself to show what an idiot he is. That he doesn't know the difference between Singapore and China. That he do- How do you ask a question in any hearing or any trial that you don't know the answer to? 
Remember when Kamala Harris was in the Senate and she'd always ask those great questions or, or Al Franken? Yeah. That's what we need more of. And I I really, I really, I think that's one of those things that I liked always about Katie Porter was yes. that like she was prepared always. and she knew what they were going to say. And they're going to like, say, well, I'll have to get back with you. Well, I happen to do the research and I found it right here for you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, what does it cost? Uh, Katie Porter, I just think of her with the whiteboard and and asking uh, a CEO for the, the basic economics of the, the you know what it what it costs to use their product or whatever obviously i'm not uh, i'm not giving you a specific example but she she knows the answer before she asks the question and the, and better yet the person she's asking has no clue you know what i always often wonder is when these staffers prepare these people they usually have some idea of what they're going to say. And then they should be prepared for the follow-up. And I tell people this sometimes, like when I worked with activists and I said, you know, politicians, they're not always as stupid as they appear. (laughs) Sometimes they actually have one answer. Mm -hmm. You know, they have one response to a question. What they don't have is a response to a follow-up. And that's one of the reasons why they never want to do follow-ups. And a lot of times people also think that, you know, the gotcha question is, is what's going to get them. And one of the things that I learned, and I also, you know, from one of my good friend journalists was, it's not always the gotcha question. Sometimes you just let them talk and you make it sound like you're on their own side and just let them go on about it. And they will reveal things that are just stunning. Like my friend, uh, Lauren Windsor does that. Oh, she's where she goes out and asks people questions and they they think they're one of her, one of them, not a journalist. And they'll just say stuff. That's the stuff to get out there. Well, absolutely. Um, and, and Lauren Windsor is great. She does, you know, she does this ambush stuff and she's very good at acting like, oh, I'm just a fangirl. I'm one of you. And how did you do that? And they are so happy to tell her. Um, yeah. So uh, men are so easy. I mean, it is so often times I watch these these shows. And I'm like going, oh, come on. You're not going to fall for this, are you? And like, oh, yeah, but they want attention. They want to be loved. Oh, God. Yeah. I got to say so, something about these about these hearings about Facebook since uh-huh. one of the big things that I've always gone on about was about how Facebook is used to organize a whole group of people to threaten and harass them. It's a conspiracy and they use it to make people um, afraid online. They'll they'll use it and one of the things we learned on the earlier Facebook hearings with the Facebook whistleblower, uh, Francis Hugan, was that Facebook knows when organizations like, you know, right-wing organizations, when they organize to conspire to threaten people because they can see it online and they have various different rules, their you know, terms of conditions that says you cannot do these types of things. And they started tracking them in their own little group that said, this is like a right-wing group. Well, Zuckerberg found out about this and they said, this particular group is going to be violent 
and they should be shut down. Well, Zuckerberg says, yeah, but they're they're engaging and, and we make money off of this. Mm-hmm. And your bonuses, this Facebook staff, is tied to engagement. So what we're going to do is we're going to let them keep engaging and we're not going to have this group follow our terms of service. And so w- this is one of the ways that if we had some regulation – you could force the people at Facebook Mm -hmm. to pay a financial price for not following their own terms of service, especially on when it comes to threatening people. And um, one of the the things you talked earlier about Isikoff, did you see the part where Isikoff talked about how Fonnie Willis was threatened? Uh, No. He was Chris Hayes, and he said she was they got a, a, an assassination threat. And what oh they God. did is right after she went out, um, I think it was one of her press conferences, she went back to her office, she changed her, cl- took off her clothes, put on sweats, and somebody went out as her body double in leaving the courtroom because Oh, I did see said, that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And a body double went out the front way. She changed clothes and snuck out the back way. Yes. I did. I did hear that part. And they talked about the other ways that she had gotten threats, how they found out who her kids were, and they they got her direct cell phone. Oh, my God. And one of the ways that they do this is through – there's various different um, methods for spoofing and finding people out on on social media. And the way that they can stop some of this is not just to, um, you know, financially – uh, go after them, but to actually have criminal cases to uh, to find the people and try them and charge them. Mm-hmm. And I had just done some research about, you might remember when uh, Judge Egron's, uh, Egron's clerk was threatened? Yes. 275 pages of transcribed voicemails of threats. Oh my God. And people were kind of shocked by that. And they said, oh, well, we, we, we need to do something. I, I said, well, I'm going to follow up. And I you know, called the people to said, from the New York State, it said, what is the status of those threats? Well, we can't tell you. It's, uh, it's been turned over. Because there are no cases that are going forward, no civil cases, no lawsuits, people think, well, it, it, I, guess it, I guess it stopped. It's not going to stop. No, the only way to stop those is you stop it at the top, you know, getting Trump to shut up, but also prosecute the people making those threats. Mm-hmm. That's an area that we're just not doing enough of. No, that's that's true. You're, you're absolutely right. Well, you know, back to the hearing on the social media today, the people that the, the, the hearing room was packed. It was like standing room only. And in the uh, audience, in the in the gallery were family members and survivors of online harassment and and the parents of kids who uh, killed themselves after being harassed so much. So what happens today? I'm going to play another clip from this, the one other clip I pulled from this hearing. And um, it's Josh Hawley, who himself is a bully. He's Mm -hmm. he's an asshole and a bully. And he, he, you know, at the beginning of the hearing, Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged the people that were there and said, I'm sorry, you know, for 
uh, your loss or whatever, and some somebody shouted out, don't bother, or we don't want it, or something like that. Um, but that wasn't good enough for Josh Hawley. So this happened. said you mischaracterized. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all these tools. Who did you fire? I... Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's appropriate God, to talk asshole. about it, it, like it's not appropriate. decisions. That in, Do you know who's like sitting that. behind you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? The fact that you didn't fire a single person? To, Let me I'm ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any of the victims? He is such a bully. Sorry? Oh have you compensated God. any of the victims? I, These I, girls, have you compensated them? I don't believe so. You, why not? <laughs> don't you think How? they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services? Help with... Dealing with the issues that your your services cause. Our, our job is to make sure that we build tools to help keep people safe. Are you going to compensate them? Senator, our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools to find harmful to content, make money. to take it off the services, <laughs> uh, to make money, and to build tools that empower parents. So you didn't take any people. action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a that's single not, victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Oh There's families God. of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Yeah, he did, I, actually. Would I, you like to do so now? Well, They're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? That was a pretty stunning moment. I mean, it doesn't take away from the fact that Josh Hawley is an asshole, but Mark Zuckerberg getting up and turning around and, and apologizing to those families like that was, was, was a moment. I think that was planned. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, really? I, no. I actually think it might have been no. uh, for I, two reasons. One is because it is the kind of thing that they would want to do and they would have it come from a right wing person yeah, instead but, of from but the left. There, there's no love lost between Mark Zuckerberg and Josh Hawley or anybody on Capitol Hill for that matter. I, 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 I can understand why, you know, that's that's an idea, but I don't see it at all. I, I actually I'm actually going to I'm going to look into this because I'm interested in this particular area. Uh, I talked to the lawyer who was part of the lawsuit that they were putting together as a, as a suit about how Instagram was targeting preteen kids. Yeah. And the way that they used it, they didn't say what the content was. They talked about Instagram had chosen certain tools to amplify negative body images. Hmm. And they went after them for a product lawsuit. It was kind of like it's a defective product because – the defective product is amplifying negative images to these preteen girls. And um, it was one way to get around the Section 230. 
And one of the ways that on the PR side, because I, you know, I actually did media training for Sheryl uh, Sandberg mm-hmm. uh, when she was at uh, Google, right before she went to Facebook, is they think about, well, what is our public government persona? What do we say in these hearings that will make us look good? And one of the ways that they do that is to say, well, you know, we're going to apologize because they don't want to, you know, pay the price that would then change the law to make them right. pay. No, but apology and, and, might and, look good. Right. And and as I said at the beginning, each of the tech CEOs got to make an opening statement. And Mark Zuckerberg did sort of apologize, mm-hmm. you know, at least extended his sympathy. So that was in the opening statement. And they all said something, you know, we know why we're here kind of thing. But I don't think that was an orchestrated uh, moment. Anyway, Spocko, the, the one other story that I have to cover today, because I haven't talked about it at all yet, is... Taylor Swift! Oh my God! Oh my God! The, the right-wing heads are exploding because of Taylor Swift. And it's just, I think it's hysterical. So I'm not a sports fan. I don't know who um, Colin Cowherd is, but apparently he's not a cowherd. Erd, coward. Um, so I, I came across this little thing today, and apparently he's like well known in the sports circles. He's a, he's a thing. Um, uh, but this, this was pretty damn good. There's a lot of really weird, lonely, insecure men out there. (laughs) Um, the fact that a pop star, the world's biggest pop star is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever. And a network puts them on the air briefly that it bothers you. What does that say about your life? Yeah. Judge people sometimes on the silly stuff that bothers them. It'll tell you a lot about them. When I hear this whole thing about Taylor Swift, I just want to watch football. Liar. You're lying. <laughs> That's not true. A football telecast is not just football. Uh-huh. In fact, the commercials for four hours before the Super Bowl uh-huh. will be widely watched. Did you know statistically in a three and a half hour NFL playoff broadcast or regular season broadcast, just 18 minutes are actual football? Uh-huh. And we have the data. We have the numbers. You don't turn away. There's coaches cutaways. They show fans in Buffalo on fire, uh, commercials, reviews, 18 minutes Uh of real football. Yeah. For the record, about the length of five Taylor Swift songs. (laughs) Listen to this. The New York Times measured how long she was actually on the broadcast. Mm. Do you know how long it is on average? 24 seconds. 25 seconds. Oh, In three and a half hours. Wow. Against the Ravens, it was up to a whopping 32 seconds. It was 14 Chiefs and Raiders on Christmas, 12 Chiefs and Bengals, uh, 24 seconds, Buffalo, Kansas City. She was on for a minute against the Dolphins, but it was an absolutely awful broadcast. They should have had a concert (laughs) in the middle of it. That would have been more interesting. And why wouldn't CBS, which you know has the Grammys, Mm -hmm. cross-promote yeah, the world's is. biggest pop star. Good, good hey, Listen, good I worked point. at the other network. I work at Fox. I've seen us jam people on TV shows uh-huh. I would never watch during football games and sporting events. Don't forget to watch this right after the game. I've already forgot about it. Let's get back to the game. Right. But I don't have to rush to social media. I'm okay with it. Here's the other thing that strikes me. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> 
Love him. Drake on everything. Spike <laughs> Lee, Knicks games. Eminem, mm. Michigan sporting events. She's a woman. We celebrated. She's a woman. 80s, 90s, Jack Nicholson, Laker games. It's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Saw Jack. But a talented and beautiful woman is on the air. Yeah. One who would never pay attention to lonely men, and it bothers them. There's a stat out there, it's kind of uncomfortable for you sad guys, that 50% of men never have real intimacy with a woman. Oh. That means <laughs> the other 50% oh. have multiple intimate relationships with what? women. Huh? What? And those ones that don't are uh, angry and sad and lonely, and they are often misogynistic and incels. resent women. They're incels. Who didn't give them the time they think they deserve. We celebrate all these goofballs jumping on tables in Buffalo and cheese hats and men and men and Matthew McConaughey and Drake and Jack Nicholson. Uh-huh. Men and men and men and Eminem and, M&M and it's cool. Uh-huh. And can I get a selfie? And I can't believe I saw. <laughs> And the young, attractive, beautiful, talented woman comes on for 25 seconds. Go figure. I, I, I don't know who this uh, Colin Coward is, but, um, oh, it, it, and it's ending. Um, but he's spot on. He's just spot on. Now, on the other hand, you have um, Sean Insanity Hannity, who I guess the other night, actually said well, this she just bought into all the lies about conservatives and republicans that they're racist and sexist and homophobic and what? xenophobic and transphobic well, they are, and islamophobic they are that yeah. republicans and conservatives want dirty air and water and a total ban on all abortion with yeah. no exceptions yeah. if she believes all that she is believing a lie because those talking points are simply untrue. Oh, God. Now, I'm just- okay, uh, that's enough of him. I, I just, I, I uh, sorry, I got to get Taylor up here again. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm perusing the, the social media today because, you know, I have to, have to patronize them after the, the drubbing they took in the uh, Senate today. And I come across a clip that Molly Jong Fast posted. I don't know what it's from. Um, and she and and she didn't really put up any kind of an explanation why she posted it. But in my research after the fact, it turns out from the best I can I can figure this was from some kind of a documentary on Taylor Swift from 2020. Hold on. I want to see if I can make this any larger because it's kind of small on the screen. I don't think I can. All right. So just uh, so it's a little it's backstage, apparently at a concert. I realized after the fact, uh, after watching it through, one of the people she's talking to is her father. And they're talking about her um, getting political, like like speaking out against Trump. Again, this is from 2020 during the election cycle. We've not got involved with politics or religion. Yeah, but this is on the home front. And also, back in the presidential election, I was in such a horrendous place. That I wasn't That's her father, gonna I pop my head out of the sand for why anything. Why would you? I mean, does Bob Hope do well, it? Why, well, Crosby do it? Does does Mick Jagger do hell? it? Come on. No, what I'm saying right now is Bob it, Hope and Dave Crosby. These aren't your dad's celebrities, and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Well, imagine <laughs> if we came to you and said, "Hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next year." Oh. And the other thing, just from a security so you standpoint, think people- Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. Good for her. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. 
I'm saying right now that this is something that I know is right, and you guys, I need to be on the right side of history. Taylor, and if he Taylor, doesn't win, then at least I, I, at least I tried. Taylor, here's the here's the problem. I just want to read you what I wrote, and I'm going to try to start. I just really want you to know that this is important to me. I totally agree that, have you, with have the you just, issue. But have let you me explain heard to you. Her, let, you just yes, I've it? read the entire thing, and the bottom line right now, I'm terrified. I'm the guy that went out and bought armored cars. I worry for her safety as much as anybody does. Maybe more. It really is a big deal to me. She votes against. Now they're against talking about Marsha Blackburn. She votes against the reauthorization of the of the Violence Against Women Act, which is just basically protecting us from domestic abuse and stalking. Stalking. She votes. She thinks that that if you're a gay couple, or even if you look like a gay couple, you should be allowed to be kicked out of a restaurant. It's really basic human rights, and it's right and wrong at this point. And I can't see another commercial and see her disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. Uh -huh. Those aren't Tennessee Christian values. Woo! I live in Tennessee. I am Christian. That's not what we stand for. I need to do this. I need you to just... I need you to forgive me for doing it because I'm doing it. Wow. Dad... That was her father. Dad, I need to, you to forgive me for doing it because I'm going to do it. Wow. That alone was enough to make me a lifelong Taylor Swift fan, even if I can't name any of her songs. You know what I'm thinking is that specific response was based on when the Dixie Chicks came out and, you know, lightly against the war, against the war. Well, that was long Bush. before that. That was when Bush right. was in office. This was 2020. Right. So, right, the, right. The, yes. And Marsha Blackburn, who um, was asked about it, because uh, I guess Taylor Swift then referred, I don't know if it was then, but at some point, Taylor Swift referred to Marsha Blackburn as Donald Trump in a wig. Well, um, Marsha Blackburn, I think, learned her lesson because she said this. Senator, I want to ask you about Taylor Swift. This was on Fox. So she spends Here. a whole lot of time in your home state of Tennessee, even though she was born in Mississippi. Oh. Newsweek had a poll yesterday <laughs> that found that 18% of voters would actually vote for whoever Taylor Swift told them to vote for. In 2020, in a documentary, she said this that was you this, were Donald right? Trump in a wig. That was the documentary. How do you respond mm. to that? <laughs> and what's your take on the impact she could have in November? Taylor Swift is really a popular, very talented young woman. She has built quite an empire. I am yes, so, she has. so thrilled that she yes, has sure chosen you are. to face that in Nashville. She of is considered to be an influencer. I think when it comes to elections, people look at the, the issues that are important to them and they make their decisions. Right now, we know that the border the open border, the Biden border policy, that to is the something at the top yes. of the list for so many people, certainly in Tennessee. Blah, the blah, 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 blah. one. So I got to ask, did it bother you or, or do her <laughs> comments bother you at all when she said Trump in a wig? I'm proud of it. I just shake it off. <laughs> that, that, that's what that, I think. That's that's apparently, the shake it off thing, I think that's a Taylor Swift song. So, so she made a like a song pun there. <laughs> I just don't want to say that she is a, a, a powerful woman and she's right, but I, I, I'm going to talk about the border. Let me just pivot right. to of the border. Course. Of course. Of course you're going to pivot to the border because it's the only thing you got. And Marsha Blackburn, I think, was ready to vote for the deal. 
until Donald Trump said, no, you don't want to give uh, Obama a win. Because, you know, he thinks Obama's still president. Get it? Um, I guess I need to do this. Like that. Anyway. Anyway, Spocko. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what's on my mind today. And frankly, I don't care about the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm about as far from a sports fan as one can be. But I hope Kansas City wins because I want to see Republican heads exploding all over the place. I live in San Francisco, and I, too, hope that Kansas City wins. (laughs) Right, because, of course, who else are you going to vote for, vote, root for right now? The conspiracy I heard was that after they win on the various right, right after the the last touchdown, he's going to go down and ask her to marry. Oh, I heard that, too. Yes. But but (laughs) instead, she's going to say. Vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> because, you know, she's a surrogate for Biden. She's like his alter ego. She's on the payroll, don't you know? What is wrong with these people? Seriously, what is wrong with them? I guess it was a rhetorical question. There is no answer. <laughs> they have Republican genes or, or something. I just, you know, the, 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 the speaker, Meeker, little Johnson Mike there, um, you know, he's ra- he does this first House floor speech as speaker, and he's railing against Joe Biden's policies on the border, and Joe Biden's saying, give me the bill, I'll sign it. And they're like, no, we can't. We can't give, can't give him a win. Are people, people are not that stupid, are they? Uh, yes, they are. Well, the, on, <laughs> on their side of the aisle, but not on our side of the aisle, no, I hope. No, I uh- I don't think so, and and I and I think that the uh, we got to say this about Mike Johnson. Uh, he did last longer than a head of lettuce. So <laughs> yes, he lasted longer than Scaramucci, and um, yeah, I guess that's it. The fact that I I can still say that guy's name is um, disturbing on some level. Historically, I think that it is going to be a a short speaker because he is voting, I believe. Uh, in a way that is uh, keeping the government open, well, which is did. really pissing yes. off people. Well, it would have already shut down. He cut a deal with de- with Democrats. With what? What? With with what? With who? With with Democrats. Evil. To keep the border open. Go. You know. It's, it's, I mean, to to keep the government open, not the border. I, it's so confusing. The border, the government. They want to shut everything down. Um. Uh, and the Grammys are this Sunday and the Super Bowl is next Sunday. So, you know, I hope Taylor Swift wins it all. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> and then will, will Kanye be at the Grammys? I certainly hope not. God, I hope not. I hope not. Let me say that again. I hope not. Not that I know any. Look, I'm, I'm the music person here and I don't know pretty much anybody whose who's music is on the ground, except... Joni Mitchell will perform this Sunday night at the Grammys. 80 years old, her first Grammy nice. appearance. Nice. I will I will tune in to watch Joni Mitchell. Wonderful. Yeah. And with that, we've reached the end of the hour. Thank you, Spocko. It's always nice to talk with you. Take care. 
You too. By the way, the um, uh, somebody, and don't ask me who, because I get a lot of emails. Somebody asked me, what what is happening with Robert in Naples? We haven't heard from him. I, I don't think he's called your show or any show, you know, in months, certainly not this year. So because Robert has called this show many times, I had his number saved in my phone system so I know when it's him on the line. I, I did that with a few people. So I know when it, who's calling. So I can or don't have to take the call. And um, I just texted him. I said, are you okay? And he wrote back. So yeah, I've just been busy. I'm here. All's good. So to whoever asked me, Robert Naples is fine. And I'm sure we'll hear from him one of these days. Tomorrow is Thursday. Howie Klein will be here. Friday, Marcy Wheeler will be here. Then I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Uh, so someone thought I was already on vacation. Not until next Thursday. All right. But uh, yeah, so I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, uh, we got, we got what, more Taylor Swift to talk about. Maybe with Howie tomorrow. All right. With that, we're done. Have a great night. Peace out.